Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing, and if you haven't yet, please, 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 please subscribe. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Overcast, PodMN, you know, whatever platform you're on, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you're notified whenever we drop a new episode. Also, it helps us where we rank, too. On those, on those platforms. Uh, the more subscriptions we had, the better we show up. So uh, please definitely do that. Also follow us on all the socials at 10K Pitches. Speaking of the socials, got a 10K intern and a digital media specialist. I've, I've coined your title, Ethan. You're the intern slash digital media specialist. Ethan Brantz. Ethan, thanks, uh, thanks for jumping on with me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me back. Um, Glad to know I didn't blow it after the first time on the last one. It's uh, you almost decided. did. You almost did. I was thinking about it. I was, I was like, you know what? He he did good enough to deserve a second shot. So that's uh, that's what I've been hearing from people. Been telling me like, Ethan, you're gonna need to be better if you want to get back on it. So uh. <laughs> the only way the only way to get better is to get back on the bike. So here we are again. Perfect. Um, a little bit later on, we're gonna talk to Med City FC GM Frank Spath about. Uh, I wish it was under better circumstances because Frank's an awesome guy. I've been wanting to talk to him for a while, but unfortunately our main topic of conversation is going to be what's happening with their goalkeeper, Alexander AJ Jarvis. He's been diagnosed with a life threatening illness. Um, and there is a, a GoFundMe uh, out there to raise money for him right now. Um, so we're going to talk about the situation kind of where you can go to, uh, to donate to the cause um, and just how AJ's doing. And we do get in a into a little bit of just general Med City FC uh, stuff, you know, with their plans moving forward as far as on-field competition goes, what they've been doing outside of, uh, you know, soccer-related stuff with the esports competition and the FIFA tournaments that they've been doing uh, during COVID. So uh, really excited for you to hear that interview with Frank uh, about AJ, but also about everything Med City FC. So that's coming up a little bit later on. Uh, but Ethan... We have a big announcement to kick off the show today. And I've been very excited to finally announce this. This has kind of been in the works for quite a while. Uh, We have teamed up with Stimulus Athletic. They are the first official sponsor of 10,000 Pitches. Uh, So we're grateful for them. But that's not even the big announcement. The big announcement is they make soccer kits, jerseys, uh, socks, shorts, uh, you know, whatever you backpacks, like they do everything uh, as far as uh, outfitting your, your, your soccer team goes. So we have actually partnered up with them to create the 10 K kit. This is a dope AF soccer Jersey that we have created just for 10,000 pitches. Uh, you can check it out um, right now, actually over, uh, actually we're dropping it at, at 8 AM on Friday. So if you're listening overnight or for some reason, listening before that, it's not up on Twitter yet, but if you're listening at 8 AM or after 8 AM on Friday. Um, you can see the 10 K kit in its entirety. And you can also see that we are giving one away. We are giving a personalized 10 K kit away. What, whatever name you want in the back, whatever number you want in the back, you get to choose and we will ship it directly to your stimulus. We'll sh- uh, ship it directly to you for free. So more details on that uh, as we get a little bit further on in the episode. But uh, Ethan, this, is like, this has been, a, we've been in constant communication, a lot of texts, emails back and forth, a lot of brainstorming, uh, a lot of ideas thrown around. 
and, and we finally got something that we're both happy with. And I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked for people to see this. Yeah, it, uh, it's awesome. It, uh, I think it turned out really cool. I think it, uh, it turned out really, you know, kind of true to us, true to Minnesota, true to, true to what we do here. Um, I think also what's really cool is, uh, stimulus is based here in Minnesota. You know, it's yep. always cool to, um, uh, kind of, you know, stay local. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. Really exciting. Obviously, you know, the first 10 K merch, um, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, so Ethan, we talked a little bit about ad reads the last time that we talked, uh, we wanted it to be for manscaped, but I think we got an upgrade with stimulus athletic. Uh, so here is my first ever attempt at a podcast ad read. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Let, uh, <clears throat> your, okay, here we go. Get your grown-up voice out, you know? Yeah, here we go. Okay. Time to have authority. All right, here we go. The fall soccer season is right around the corner, or here in some cases. And if you're a semi-pro team looking to freshen your jersey or a, youth lo- a local youth club looking to outfit your team for the year, or if you just have a bit of clout in your local soccer community and you're looking to make a few bucks off of selling your own jersey – Stimulus Athletic can hook you up. They're based right here in Minnesota, as Ethan said, in Minneapolis to be exact. And here was the process that I went through in order to get this 10K kit put together. I went to stimulusathletic.com, browsed some of the kit examples that they had on the front page there, and then filled out the design form. Basically, it was just some basic information about myself, the podcast, what we were looking for. And Charlene, one of the great, great people over there at Stimulus, got back to me within 48 hours. It was such a quick response. And I put Charlene through the ringer, man. So many designs back and forth, so many little nitpicky changes that I wanted made. I felt bad for her, to be completely honest. We probably had six to seven different designs that we ended up uh, going back and forth on uh, you know, before we ended up settling on that final jersey i guess not settling but coming to that final jersey so here's what we're doing this 10k kit it looks awesome and we're giving like i said a personalized one away so here is how you enter to win a personalized 10k kit go to twitter go to our twitter account at 10k pitches contest contest will be live at eight o'clock central standard time on friday follow us at 10k pitches on twitter like and retweet the contest tweet and just reply tagging one friend. It's all you got to do. We're running the contest for a week and we're going to draw a winner next Friday for your personalized 10 K kit name, number, size, whatever you need. We will hook you up and uh, you're going to get that for free. So I'm really excited. Now you might be asking if I don't win the kit, can I buy one? I mentioned before that we're making a few bucks, looking to make a few bucks off this. So absolutely, you can buy one. We'll put them on sale after the contest is over. Non-personalized kits will be $49. Personalized will be $54 plus tax and shipping and all that good stuff. More info on that next week, though. Long story short, Stimulus Athletic is awesome, and you should consider them to outfit your soccer, baseball, basketball, or even, Ethan, your ultimate Frisbee team. Yes, they outfit ultimate teams as well. So no matter what you play, Stimulus Athletic can hook you up. Go to StimulusAthletic.com and tell them Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. How'd that go, Ethan? What do you think? That, uh, that was pretty spot on. That was yeah. pretty spot on. We're going to need to cut that down a little bit for the future, but I wanted to make sure we were at least more detailed than we had to be at first. 
Uh, that was like a good solid two to three minute ad read there. We'll cut that down for the future. But uh, Stimulus has been nothing but awesome through this whole process. Jason, the owner of Stimulus, we came together on, on, on the sponsorship stuff. Like I said, Charlene was an absolute rock star in terms of being the liaison between myself and the design team, uh, getting us what we wanted exactly with the kits. Um, and it's, I, I'm, I can't begin to tell you how excited I am about this thing and getting this out there and seeing the response that that is going to get. I hope people love it just as much as we do. Yes, I uh, I think it's really exciting. I think it's a I think it's a great kit. You know, I think um, I think as I kind of previously mentioned, it uh, it uh, not only represents a pod, but I think it uh, it has some good Minnesota roots. You know, yeah. so I think uh, that was one of the things we wanted. That was one of the things I said in the initial conversation. I was like, I, we don't we we have Minnesota in our logo now. But I was like, we need to have it really embody, you know, we're a Minnesota soccer podcast. We're local to Minnesota. We need it to kind of embody Minnesota a little bit. And, and I think that they hit that on the head without throwing it in your face, right? We didn't really want them to, it wanted to be kind of subtle with, with the design. And I think, I think they hit that right on the head. Exactly. I think, I think you said it like perfectly, like it, uh, it's, uh, it's subtle, but it's, um, you know, it's those details that really make it, I think. Um, Definitely. And they come together really well. And I think ultimately put, putting out a great kit. Yep. So first sponsor, Stimulus Athletic, cannot thank them enough for, uh, for supporting 10,000 pitches and, and helping us get this thing out. Manscaped um, so on the way. Manscaped, Manscaped is way. next. Manscaped, we, we got one, but there's still room for you. There is still the, room for you. Give me a call. The first domino fell. And that, and that <laughs> all going. <laughs> absolutely all right let's move on though ethan uh so we were texting the other day and about what we we're going to talk about on this week's podcast and stuff and i mentioned oh you know we should talk about what you're going to be doing in the fall because you're not going to have a soccer season because the umac and division three canceled their their fall sports right or postponed at least right, right. You, then you responded and said well actually we're playing yeah i was like what how is that even possible so I want to get into that right now. You're, you're actually having a fall soccer season, even though both the UMAC and Division Three have, have canceled or postponed their season. So how exactly is that going to work? Yeah, um, it, uh, yeah it's, quite the, it's pretty interesting and pretty unique. Um, so I will, I'll give you all the details that I, I currently have. Um, so, um, yeah, like you said, UMAC, or, uh, UMAC has canceled fall sports and uh, – Division three has canceled the championships um, for all fall sports. Um, but at uh, UNW specifically, um, upon that, you know, release getting put out by UMAC, uh, UNW put out a release um, that uh, said we are pursuing non-conference uh, competition. Um, and uh, so I guess I don't know exactly what that means. I'm just going to assume it is uh, – schools in the area that aren't in our conference or I guess they might be in our conference but the they won't technically count as conference games mm -hmm. um and uh that's for for what it's worth that's true of all fall sports at Northwestern except football which uh just got canceled yesterday so they're only going to be kind of doing practicing uh weight training stuff like that uh through this fall and no uh games um compared to, uh, I guess, volleyball, tennis, uh, golf, and, and us, uh, we are still going forward with um, uh, non-conference competition. In quotes. Um, 
you yeah you can't see the air quotes because it's a podcast <laughs> um but uh they were there um so yeah uh so as far as additional details i suppose um that i have uh the plan is to play um uh 10 games or under um to so all the players can you know maintain their eligibility so this like won't count as eligibility and uh and then yeah but we're moving in monday um I, I guess we are getting tested on Monday as well. And then I don't know any future plans as far as getting tested. Um, and then also uh, another interesting, uh, I guess, little tidbit, fun fact. Um, I have a few friends that are playing here in uh, Milwaukee um, in schools in this area, and they completely canceled, no scrimmages. But then uh, my old school, I uh, still keep in contact with a lot of uh, the players over there. And they're doing something similar to us where they are playing this fall. And uh, it's more of just scrimmages, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what I'm considering this because these games obviously don't really count. It's not like we can, you know, get to the, yeah. the uh, national tournament. Um, so I guess just to conclude here then, um, obviously I'm really excited, right? You know, like love to play yeah. soccer. And, uh, you know, playing in, I guess, kind of, once again, quotes, you can't, throw them you can't see them with the podcast, but quotes um meaningful games uh you know that maybe they're not the most meaningful but um at the same time you know i do recognize the uh the severity of uh you know the situation that is you know life right now especially here yeah. in the united states that um you know this is kind of a risk and it is kind of concerning and uh you know i do kind of i trust you and w and i trust you and w athletics and i trust you know other schools that like they do have our best interests in mind and, you know, they're going to do what they can to keep us safe um, and follow all the guidelines put before them by the NCAA and, you know, the state of Minnesota or wherever we end up playing. Um, but yeah, I am, you know, a little concerned, I suppose. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but excited. Imagine. So, and then obviously uh, we do have like the ability to opt out, right? Like they're not forcing us to play nothing like that. So um, I, I guess, you know, things, uh, are getting bad or looking bleak, you know, maybe I will take that route. Um, but uh, I am excited. Hopefully everything, you know, goes well. How surprised were you at the news that you guys were actually going to be, pl be playing some sort of schedule? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was definitely, uh, you know, kind of took me back because um, uh, we were kind of one of the last conferences to uh, cancel. And so I just kind of, you know, saw it on the horizon there that uh, yeah. we were just going to pump this season. But um, I guess I, uh, it, it's I guess it's exciting, you know, playing uh, these uh, scrimmages or uh, they're, they're I guess they're called games, right? But uh, mm. so. All right. Well, uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and I'm sure you'll keep us updated as as everything rolls on. Do you have any idea when your first game is? Um, no, I <laughs> I don't. Um, but uh, we move in uh, Monday, so today's Thursday. We're recording, so. Five days. Right, making the move. Four days. Yeah. Come. Ethan Brand's going to be back in the Twin Cities. Watch out. Crossing the border. Coming back to the, the uh, maybe the superior Midwestern state, I guess. We don't need to have that debate mm -hmm. now. But, um, dude, I live in St. Paul, too. So when we do these, when we do these chats, we're literally going to probably be like a mile away from each other. <laughs> hey, hopefully uh, audio quality improves, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, the, the satellites, you know, it'll, it'll be closer together. So the, the quality will be better. The video quality will be better too. Exactly. I have like, I have no, no idea how like 
signals work. But Our uh, internet connections will be more simpatico as bingo. far as that goes. So we'll be That's good. That's the dream. That's the dream. That's we'll, dream. Be, we'll be rolling off the same Xfinity server. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, best of luck with that. Uh, you know, obviously that's that like you said it is a bit of a risk, but I'm sure in on the other hand it is going to be at least somewhat uh, you know, provide a sense of a little bit of normalcy to be playing and practicing and getting ready for actual games as opposed to just scrimmages which might not have that same uh, level of intensity and same uh, consistent real meaningful atmosphere that a legitimate game would against, you know, a actual opponent where you're wearing you're wearing the actual jerseys you're you know i don't know if you guys are going to have refs or not but uh yeah that'll that'll be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward it'll be also interesting to see what other local colleges will also be a part of that too right because if you're thinking you're playing a non-conference schedule i don't think people will be coming from michigan to play or coming from north dakota or south dakota to play it'll probably be teams pretty local maybe even all local here to the twin cities too Right. I, uh, that, that's my guess as well, where like, um, we will just be playing local games. I just, I don't see uh, a way uh, where it'd be, you know, uh, safe for us to either travel or have a team come here. Um, And, uh, you know, I guess uh, I do definitely feel for uh, kind of the seniors, right. Who are, and I guess anyone, you know, especially, you know, being a fall sport, you put in a, a ton of work through the spring and summer, you know, regardless of division, right? D1, D2, D3. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is really tough to have, you know, kind of that uh, rug yank, yanked out from under you. So, um, you know, you definitely feel for everyone who uh, isn't playing. And so I guess it is cool that UNW is, uh, you know, given this opportunity to go uh, play some games. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're playing a real season in the spring, but obviously yeah. who really knows what uh, next semester is going to look like, you know? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows what what the future holds i mean that's one of the biggest things about this we uh, just the unknown is is crazy uh but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out regardless moving on here um so this is the first time we've been able to talk since minnesota united uh bowed out of the mls's back tournament in the semifinals to the orlando nannies uh final score there was three to one uh, in favor of orlando city it was the loon's first loss in 2020 actually uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the Loons' first loss would be in early August, I'd say, wow, they must be 18-0. and 0. But no, COVID, of course, it was only, I think, uh, five games in where they, uh, where they now have their first loss. So uh, either way, it was going to happen at some point, and it was really just a one-man show from Nani who, who really uh, put the Loons away. Uh, no Mickey Mouse and a Robin Lou jersey, unfortunately. Ethan, that dream, that dream's dead, and it's that- sad. That one hurt. That one hurt when, you know, <laughs> after after seeing like the first goal, you know, I still had hope. But by the time the second one, I uh, my that vision it started to uh, you know slip yeah. through my fingers. It's faded, faded and, away. Uh, it's gonna be a Sebastian Blanco jersey instead. Actually, is what they're gonna which, do. So it's not the same. It's not it's the not, same. It's not the same. No, not the same at all. Uh, but yeah, Portland, uh, Orlando, of course, advanced to the final after beating Minnesota United. Then they fell to Portland Timbers, two to one in that Tuesday night final. So the Timbers are the MLS's back Mickey Mouse Tournament Cup champions. Uh, so congrats to them. Actually, a really cool trophy. I don't know if you actually saw it. It wasn't the pillowcase with the stitched in uh, uh, champion uh, names in there. No, it was an actual. It was an actual jersey that actually looked pretty cool. 
or actual jersey, actual uh, actual trophy that looked pretty cool. You know, anything but that weirdly long, like, cylinder pillow that you find on all hotel beds yeah. with, like, the Pringles ad, the Heineken non-alcoholic ad, yep. the Audi ad. Like, without that stitched into the side. I'm- when you brought that up, I was like, holy crap, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> that's, that's what I was waiting for. Or, um, or, like, the Mickey Mouse ears you can get at Disney, you know, that you, like, put on your head and they have the big ears. Um, Adidas logos on both sides. Exactly. And, like, <laughs> written in the top, like, MLS team. I did like the mask. I thought that was cool. I'd say championship yeah. on the mask. Yep. That was yeah, a cool that, touch. That was cool pretty touch. awesome. I, I did think that was a really nice touch. I uh, think we're going to get these Adidas logos in the middle of the field for all these games, like the nationally televised ones. I like. I wouldn't be shocked, right? Um, yeah. I uh, I almost I, I almost kind of didn't notice it by the end of the tournament. Like at the beginning of the tournament, especially in that first game, because it was huge in that first game. And then after that, they 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 brought it down a little bit, which was nice. But by by the time we got to the knockout rounds, I barely even noticed it at that point. Exactly. I, uh, in, you know, in a similar vein, I, uh, I did enjoy when they put the logos with the scores on the field yeah. kind of around uh, the half line. I thought that was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. I think they did stats on the field or it was on the screens in the back. That's what yeah, it was. So but. they would, they would, uh, you know, they have all the sponsors up there, but every now and then they would take those off and put like stats and stuff. So, they waited so long to do that stuff though. Like they promised us at the beginning of the tournament, this next level viewership experience with all these cool things. We didn't get to hear VAR until the knockout rounds. We didn't get all this extra stuff until later on in the tournament, like with the stats and stuff. Uh, So I guess they were late to the party, better late than never. But after a few matches, I was like, what is this whole viewership experience i'm supposed to see because i can't even see the whole field with the way the camera's positioned like right, i don't right. care about all this next level stuff just give me the whole field yeah those like t- like the ball would uh like the play would shift over to like the near side like touchline and like you get that abrupt camera cut down to the yeah. side of the field that was that was uh, that was a roller coaster yeah it was um, it was I'm, I'm, I did, glad I, I'm glad i don't get motion sick easily because that could have right? really, really triggered me there uh i did i enjoyed how like you know in the NBA right now they have like a bunch of like little fa- like little fans uh like little uh virtual fans yeah. on the back yeah screen. you got like Lil Wayne and stuff sitting right. in a virtual seat and, and stuff like that yeah I loved how the MLS just went like three massive fans you know just like <laughs> huge that that was super funny I enjoyed just that had a the lot. boards and just videos of huge like three like you said it was like a three sections where they would just cycle through these fans. It, it looked like – I think I saw this on Twitter. I don't know exactly. Um, but it looked like those uh, – like in movies when the, like the, bad, the bad guy like hijacks like the, the, the TVs. In like Times the Times Square, Square like yeah. TV screen, yeah. Yeah, super <laughs> villain who's like about to read his plan to like yep. blow up the Disney bubble or something. Yeah, yep. that was, uh, I did enjoy that a lot. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. A lot, of, a lot of interesting touches that, that really made this tournament unique. And honestly, we, we can debate all day long on whether it really meant something and whether the CCL spot is enough to really make, make winning the tournament worth it and stuff like that. But just from a viewership perspective, it was a lot of fun to watch. And the soccer got a lot better as the tournament went on. And it was just – it was a welcome addition 
to to this whole COVID experience having actual soccer to watch. And I can't I can't thank all like the but like I'm so glad they spotlighted the staff uh, and everybody who worked the event before the final. I thought that was an excellent touch because it's not just the players, it's not just the coaches, it's all the technical staff, it's all of of the people behind the scenes, the cameramen, the you know people who are, are involved in the broadcast and involved with the league stuff. It's, it's so many people who made a huge risk going down there, not just with the COVID thing, but not seeing their families for 45 plus days. I mean, that is, that, that takes a toll. And uh, the fact that they did that so we could get some entertainment for a month and a half uh, was, I, I mean, I feel like completely indebted to these people and I've never met them before, you know? Exactly. I, uh, that, that's a, those are great points. Like all the, all the, like, I guess, tertiary pl- uh, people that you don't really think about that make that possible. Um, and I think it did bring like a sense of uh, like just normalcy and yeah. uh, and it gave, you know, I th- we talked about the other or I guess two episodes ago when I was on uh, kind of the, the, these uh, these like, you know, virtual, uh, you know, loons Twitter, right? Like these virtual communities that can come together for, you know, two hours a night and just, you know, kind of forget about everything mm-hmm. and just focus on soccer. And then and then also, you know, a similar touch. Uh, I uh, obviously I think the player warmups with Black Lives Matter and uh, kneeling at the beginning of games, uh, you know, all those little things. I thought that was very cool. Um, and you know, like I said, we're trying to you know forget about everything going on, but at the same time, that brought focus back to uh, to, to I guess kind of the more important things in life, right? And uh, mm-hmm. so that was really cool to see as well. And a great reminder throughout the tournament. It is made to be an inclusive sport, and you know. I think it has also been one of the sports that has really spotlighted the, the flaws in terms of, you know, it's, it's past, right? I mean, the give racism, the red card campaign has been there for as long as I've been watching soccer, you know, the, the inclusivity when it comes to LGBTQ uh, persons in, in terms of uh, welcoming them into supporters group environments and, and just overall fan environments and, and, and on the field. I mean, that is, that has been there too. So it's made to be an inclusive game, but you still see that the fans, you know, there's a, there's a good portion of them that aren't there yet. Um, And while that's disappointing, it is what it is. But like, like you said, I think, I think the, the opportunity the league took to really um, use that platform of the tournament to bring awareness and promote, you know, and, and take a side right on the issue and take a firm stance on the issue is something I really do applaud the league for doing. Right. I think, I think it was awesome to see. And, uh, I, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, soccer is like just a great platform where, uh, you know, you can, um, hopefully, uh, spread, um, you know, uh, or I guess highlight the injustices, you know, not only in the nation, but around the world. Um, and then hopefully kind of bring people into one community and that's, you know, soccer, right. Supporting a team, supporting a sport. And then, and then hopefully that that translates and builds out into, you know, the real world. Right. And, uh, you know, you just take that, uh, that uh, model of inclusion and can uh, apply it in all aspects of your life. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Moving away from that, I want to get back to, uh, kind of Minnesota United specifically. So, Ethan, you admittedly are somebody who's kind of just just getting into to following MLS and Minnesota United specifically regularly. 
um, you know, more of a fan of international soccer, you know, beforehand and blah, 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 blah. But as somebody who's kind of just starting to watch this Minnesota United team consistently and who kind of has a, a fresh perspective, which a lot of Minnesota United fans do not, uh, I want to get your initial thoughts and feelings on this team, especially not just somebody who is coming in with a fresh perspective, but also from a player's perspective and as somebody who really knows the game from a tactical you know, uh, player's standpoint. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on Minnesota United as a whole. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'll do my best, you know, and uh, from what I saw. I know it's a I, very vague and kind of broad question. I apologize about that. But uh, just, you know, the, the way they operate, um, you know, the players on the team that really stand out to you, you know, and, and what you see as maybe, you know, the biggest strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I, uh, um, I guess I'll, I'll start with, um, I think uh, Eli on, uh, on last week's pod broke down, you know, really well. And he put it um, as far as like kind of Minnesota's identity, right? Like they, they're not like a, a part of the bus team, right? But like, um, before that Orlando game, I feel like you really saw their like identity and who they are as a team. And, um, you know, they're, they, they play like compact, right. You know, they, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they defend well and, um, they kind of can limit, uh, limit opponents counterattacks in that way. And, um, and I think when they play that style of soccer, I think, I think they're a tough team to beat. You know, I think they have a lot of really good individual players. And obviously they have some players that uh, uh, have their shortcomings, but I think, you know, when they can really stick to their identity, um, they're a great team. And then I think we saw in that Orlando game, right? They kind of got away from that. And um, I think you guys kind of talked about it. Like, why did they do that out of necessity? Did they, like, why did they do that? You know, we don't really know. But I think if they, I think their team right now that like has an identity and really needs to, to stick to that, to hit their max potential, right? And um, so I think, you know, going forward here, right, um, this season and in the future, if they can kind of maintain their identity and play their brand of soccer, I think they can be a really a really great team. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And Eli and I talked to this, about this at length last week, as you mentioned, but like they, they did get away from what they do best, right? I, I see this team, they play a compact defense, but you see – teams that just can't break that down when they do that and even though they play compact you see a team just kicking a ball back and forth to each other for 30 45 seconds and all of a sudden they're getting pushed further and further back further and further back and now they're on their own side of the midline and it's like how is how is this possible but they just can't break down that wall that minnesota united puts up defensively a layered wall defensively that Minnesota United puts up and they they decided to high press to try to take Nani out of the attack early uh, and it, it backfired it was a huge risk uh, it was a risk reward scenario and and they got the short end of that stick as Nani just completely uh on his own basically put put Orlando City on his back and, and won that semifinal game which I mean he's capable of doing and you just kind of got to tip your hat for Minnesota United they, they tried to stop him and they just couldn't exactly I uh yeah, like you know, the greats, right? They find a way. To, they they find a way to find a way, and uh, that's what he did. Um, but you know, I guess um, from I guess from like a, a slightly more of a player's perspective, um, and uh, obviously these are MLS guys, and I'm a Division three college player. There's quite the quite the gap there. But um, you know, I think 
there's a ton of value in uh, having putting players in a position where they're like comfortable and confident. And I think that comes from like repetition, right? So, um, you know, it's a lot easier to be good when, when you know exactly what you're doing and exactly what to expect, right? And so I think when Minnesota got away from that, you know, it's not like these players aren't good, but it's like they don't feel as confident in that, you know, situation. And like you can yep. break that down to the micro sense, you know, where they're receiving balls, um, where, you know, the angles are, where like – where kind of that like uh, that you know panic passes right where like you have someone closing so I just gotta um, just first touch this away right to like and uh, so maybe it was kind of a case of that right where like they just like obviously great players you know but like they just uh, that rhythm wasn't there I guess and uh, and so and so I can see why you know from a player's perspective once again like why that breakdown kind of happens you know yeah. Hopefully I explained that kind of well. And well, kind of and, yeah, and, and even more to your point, Adrian Heath is a guy that usually sticks to his plan and he doesn't divert from it, right? He subs the same guys at around the same times and runs the same formation and does the same thing tactically night in, night out, right? So not only are these players, you know, would any player be normally comfortable in the role that they normally play, but a lot of these guys really don't know anything different than the role they normally play because Adrian Heath is not a guy who switches that stuff up very often. So when you do that, when you do make those switches, it's going to be even more of an adjustment than usual because these players have fallen so far into a comfort zone in their role that it's going to, it's going to potentially present those issues that we saw. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think – and, um, you know, I guess me as a player, and I think a lot of players, right, they, they do like their rhythm. They like that comfort zone. They like, you know, knowing exactly, you know, how many minutes they're going to play to, like, the best of their ability, right? You know exactly what's expected of you, right? Exactly. I mean, you, that, that's one thing you can say about Adrian Heath's players is they know exactly what their role is, and they know exactly what's expected of them, and there is absolutely no confusion on what that is. Right. And, um, and like, I can't speak for these players, right? Like, but I do, it's a lot easier to, you know, to, like I said, to be good when you know exactly, you know, what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And um, especially, yeah, like you said, with a coach like Adrian, like when you, when you do kind of fall into that groove, you have that rhythm. Um, and then having to break that all of a sudden, especially against such a great team like Orlando. In the semifinal um, of a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's tough. That's tough. And um, I do kind of respect and uh, can appreciate kind of that, like you said, risk reward where, Sometimes you just got to, you know, I guess. You just got to send cards. it sometimes. Exactly. You got to send it. That's exactly right. And um, it doesn't always work out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think going forward, I would love to see uh, Minnesota kind of stay true to that uh, compact defense. And uh, I guess, you know, I guess more kind of a grinded out game, right? Um, and yeah. uh, stay true to that and, um, and force – the other team to make a great play, you know, maybe send the ball over the top to someone, you know, do something like that versus um, have a one-on-one on the wing. Right. Yeah. So, so um, but yeah, I guess from kind of a brand new uh, MN supporter, um, I think they're a good team, you know, I yeah. think, and they can compete. And uh, I think it'll be a fun year, assuming everything goes well. You know, you know what's funny? So a lot of people give Adrian Heath a lot of crap for the underdog thing. 
but every week I feel like we're more, there's more proof to back that statement up. Like MLS just released their best 11 from the, from the MLS's back tournament. Not a single Minnesota United player on there. If you were to, if you were to ask any MLS writer, like from the athletic or wherever rank your top five teams in MLS right now, I highly doubt any of them, maybe one or two would have Minnesota United in their top five. So while not, while people aren't going out of their way and saying, Oh, Minnesota United is bad. They're overrated, blah, 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 blah. I don't feel like anybody's actually giving them any credit either. So I can see where kind of Adrian Heath is coming from with this underdog mentality, because the team really doesn't, doesn't doesn't get the same credit that teams like now granted LAFC is depending defending supporter shield so that's a completely different topic but even teams like Portland like Kansas City who uh who they've already beat this year uh teams like San Jose San Jose was getting a ton of uh press coming into that Minnesota United San Jose game Minnesota United had already beat them 4-1 and then they beat them or had already beat them 5-2 and then beat them 4-1 so it's like it just and even after the game the more the discussion at least nationally was about what san jose did wrong more than what minnesota united did right so it's like what does this team have to do to actually get some get some people talking about them you know yeah i think uh you know i guess i have two theories right like one would be you know they don't play a super flashy brand of soccer you know Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, theory two, right? Like I grew up in Milwaukee as an NBA fan. Like I've heard this like nonstop, like, you know, the, the national media hates small market teams, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that train of thinking. And, uh, you know, being in Minnesota playing soccer, you know, it's, it doesn't have that same appeal as LA. And, um, so obviously I, I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, I think, you know, that could that play a role maybe, but, um, and, you know, maybe part of it is just kind of, uh, you know, it's a slow climb to, uh, you know, yeah. cultural uh, relevance, you know. So that's kind of. That's fair. And uh, as a fan, you know, maybe we're, we're a little more uh, aware, but uh, the national media hasn't quite caught on yet. So That's fair. Um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to lend a little bit of my support to Adrian Heath there because he's, I feel like he's been left on an island, island lately. So uh, just, I got your back, Adrian. Don't worry. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll criticize your tactics all day, but I will back you on the underdog thing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I want to move on now to what's happening off the field with Minnesota United and their academy situation. This is another topic that Eli and I kind of delved into last week, but we still hadn't the, the Zoom call still hadn't happened between Manny Lagos and the parents. Well, it did happen, and it. In my opinion, and I'm going to be pretty blunt during this portion of the conversation, was pretty terrible from an organization standpoint. It was about 15 minutes, and I'm going to call it a one-way Zoom call because no questions were taken. It was just a statement. And in, during that time, Lagos didn't provide much clarity on what this newly announced part-time Minnesota United Academy would look like. But he did, however, take that time to chastise the parents for talking to the media. He reportedly explicitly asked the parents not to speak to the media, i.e. E. Pluribus Lunum's Eli Hoff, who's done an amazing job covering this story from the outset, anymore. If you have to ask 
the parents to stop talking to the media about what's going on. What does that say about how you're handling the situation if you're embarrassed for people to actually know and you're concerned about people actually knowing the truth about what's happening? Yeah, from what I, from the information I, you know, I've gathered and uh, or heard from, you know, you and Eli, and uh, you know, other outlets, um, he's not man is not doing a great job. He is, uh, he's kind of dropping the ball. My my thing is, like, you made a decision that is unprecedented in MLS. You decided to cut your full time academy, basically. Sure, you left one staff member on furlough, so you can say you technically maybe had an academy during that time. But you told these parents, you guys need to find your kids somewhere else to play. Just out of the blue. Blame COVID all you want. No other MLS team is doing this. There are 26 of them. And 25 of them have found a way to keep their academies going during this pandemic. But yet, you need to make a decision, whether it's COVID-related or not, probably using COVID as a scapegoat here, to cut your academy, claiming that it doesn't provide enough return on investment. You are a 2017 expansion MLS team. The year is 2020. What ROI are you trying to get from U14 players after three years in academy. That doesn't make any sense. Also, you're telling me Fred Emmings is an, RO, is an ROI, a homegrown player. He's 16 years old. He is tall as hell, and he is going to be an excellent goalkeeper in this league. He is now signed to your senior team, and you have exclusive rights to him. You're telling me that's not ROI? You're telling me the guys that, that you have in your in your some of the other guys you have in your academy, the 27th ranked best, uh, I believe under 20 American player is in your academy. Patrick Wea, that's not ROI. Like, I don't understand, A, how you can make an ROI, like, argument after three years because a development academy takes time to develop. You. That's the reason the de- – it's called a development academy because it takes time for these guys to develop. That's the whole definition of the word development. It doesn't happen right away. But also you have three or four players who really have some solid potential and are already getting you know, national attention for how good they are, for how young they are. And could really potentially be something. So you're telling me that that potential ROI isn't worth anything? That just that's where you lose me. Yeah, this is a uh, um, this is a bad look for for the club, and um, and I guess I don't know exactly how the uh, club's uh, you know budget is broken down. But yeah, and I don't um, I don't claim to know the intricacies of that too. But I see in front of me that. There's 26 teams. 25 are making it work. 20, the, the one has decided to basically forego it. And that, to me, just it's a surface-level perspective, but to me it's enough to know that nah, you could probably keep it going if you wanted to. Yeah, I think – and um, like I said, like, I don't know how the budgets work, but uh, 
you know, they did, they just signed, you know, a big player. And so I like, I like, I, I'm assuming the money, right? Like it's, it's one organization, you know, mm-hmm. so they, and like, I can kind of appreciate investing in money into the senior team versus putting that money into your academy. But um, like, right, like you're in the MLS to win games, you know, versus mm-hmm. develop players. Um, so like that kind of makes sense. Obviously that's, that's a tough for the kids, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's tough for, you know, us as fans of the club who want to believe the club has, you know, the best interest to the community. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't a great look and, you know, hopefully they can uh, find a way to turn this around and uh, ultimately uh, make this more positive i I gotta circle back to this 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 request to not talk to the media because that is just that 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 doesn't happen very often but when you does when it when it does it does not come from a good place like eli you could argue is doing more to advocate for these families and those kids far more to advocate for these families and these kids than lagos or minnesota united right now so I think it's absolutely preposterous to ask these. And also, you really think by asking them that they're, they're, they're just going to go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Oh. You know, we really shouldn't have done that. Nope, you're right. Oh. We're not going to talk to him anymore. We're going to cut off communication. No, come on. Get real, man. I think like, that, this I happened think... with the MLS just a few weeks ago about uh, the MLS's back tournament and about the plans for the tournament a while back. Uh, you know, there were sources that the athletic had within the league to get that information. And Don Garber told his, told the, the people within the league to stop leaking information to the athletic. Well, somebody leaked that request to the <laughs> athletic. Like it's never going to work. And if anything, you're going to make it even more likely that the media is going to get spoken to about these things. Yeah. Uh- yeah, you know, you never, like, you never hear anything good going on and, like, whoever's in charge of what's good going on be like, hey, let's, uh, let, let's keep this from the media, guys. Let's, uh, yeah, exactly. Let's, like, like the, you know, so this, uh, this whole, like, um, oh, we're going to be a part-time academy. Like, you know, the, the request not to speak to the media makes, uh, you know, makes you believe that this is not necessarily the best thing. Um, no. Obviously, you know, you hope it works out, but, uh, but yeah, no, that is quite the request, quite the request from some parents. I don't know. I just had to, I just had to put my two cents in on that because that really, I mean, when I saw that, he, he, sa- he said, and this is the quote that really, really irks me when he was talking about not, not uh, talking to the media. He said, and I quote, and Eli double and triple checked this, so I know this is how he actually said it. Manny Lagos told the parents in the Zoom call, I'm trying to save you from you. Oof. Oof. We're going to have to put the explicit tag on the podcast. I apologize for what I'm about to say, but what the actual fuck? <laughs> yeah, we're... Uh... Yeah, you know that that's it almost leaves you speechless, one. right? Like, how can you, how can you, a, how can you say that? But b, how can you anticipate that that quote is not going to get out? Yeah, like, that's ugh. Anyways, 
just just not I, I feel for these kids i feel for these families like a lot of them are are in great situations where they do have options to you know go to minnesota thunder academy or or another mls uh development academy or the minneapolis futures program uh minneapolis city futures program but still this is to 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 have this happen right and to know that it's the only academy where this is happening, that has to, I mean, gosh, I, I, can't, ima- I can't imagine. But uh, we'll see what this new quote-unquote part-time academy looks like as we get more details in the future. I'm sure Eli's going to be all over it. I hope he will be because he's going back to Mizzou here uh, soon. So he's going to be kind of at least out of the loop uh, you know, from a location standpoint, from a proximity standpoint. But, but hopefully this story continues to be told because uh, somebody has to look out for these families and somebody has to, has to keep uh, putting that information out there and, and saying what's going on. Um, unless they stop talking to the media like Manny requested. <laughs> like the good like little soldiers said, that Manny Lagos wants them to be. And like you said, that always works. You know, As soon as you tell people don't talk to the media – Nine out of ten times, yep, they, they'll definitely stop I talking mean, to the media. That just, that just proves how either, either he doesn't think a quote like that will really matter or he's so out of touch that he doesn't realize that by saying that, that is still going to get out. Either yeah. way, it's not a good look. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't – it's like he's never, like, been on Twitter before, you know? <laughs> like, he's just like, like oh, like – he just has, like, this sense that, like, oh, yeah, no, like, this will be fine. I'm just going to say this. This is going to be fine. I'm going to tell them to not talk to the media. They'll stop. This is great. It's great. Great idea. Good job. Pat on the back. Yeah, he's like, great oh, job, man. Manny, and end call. <laughs> yeah, it lasted 15 minutes, no questions, and yeah, just... see you bye. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But more, more information on this part-time academy will obviously be coming out as we move further on. They, I guess they plan on competing in the 2020-2021 academy season, however that looks, COVID-depending. COVID so, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, Want to transition into something a little more fun here. So, got a segment that we're going to do here. It's called Brainstorm, Okay. And being that this is the first one and the first segment we're doing, the first brainstorm segment will be brainstorming other potential segment ideas. Yes. So we're doing a segment where we brainstorm other potential segments. Got it? This, is, it is this how, uh, how, uh, how sparse the uh, soccer content has come? So we're just, <laughs> we're just going to break. Like, what, what should probably be a couple emails and text messages is now a segment on the pod. I, I like this. I like this. Uh, okay. So segment idea. Um, we could do like a kind of like a come on man, but we have to do like a, something different and it'd be like what we just did with the whole Lago situation. Like we just pick out somebody and just like, what the heck are you doing? Like, figure it out whether it's somebody who made a mistake on the field or they said something bad in the media or, or, or something like that, you know, just, just spotlighting somebody who did something probably really dumb, but what yes. would we call that? Can you can think of a name for that? 10,000 mistakes. 10,000 mistakes. On 10 K pitches. <laughs> um, 10, brought you by stimulus. Um, <laughs> um, I, I kind of like the idea of like, um, 
we pick like the most hated player on uh, on Minnesota. You know, like I'm like obviously it kind of ebbs and flows, right? We're like, you know, on any given week, some players just gonna be really kind of the target of yeah, the the fan base. True. I think we pick them, and just and we just say really nice things about them. Exactly. Find the pot. Oh, I like that. Yes. I really like that. Or, or like, like, or like, find like a real like uh, fact about them that like tug on your heartstrings and kind of make you feel bad for yeah. <laughs> for talking bad about them. Yeah. If anything, if anything, we'll just like change their Wikipedia page, like, <laughs> and post a screenshot on Twitter so it seems kind of real. You know, and obviously we'll get changed <laughs> back pretty quick, but like, at least for the sake of doctored the pod- information. That's what the yeah. Ten Thousand Pitches podcast is all about. Fake. We'll make fake content. Um, fake news. No. We won't do that, but uh-huh. I like that idea. Um, we don't. We'll have to come up with names for these segments. I. It's nine forty-five on Thursday night. I don't know if I don't know if my brain is is working well enough to actually come up with actual names for these segments. But I like the I only, like where we're going. The only thing I got is slap a, a ten thousand in front of it. Like so, like whatever the name is, put ten thousand in front of it. There you go. All right, excellent brainstorm segment. I like it. All right, we got a few. We got a few few irons in the fire as far as future segments go. So that that went well. Yeah, these will these will ultimately turn out very well. I'm excited. I'm oh excited yeah, for the future perfect. Of the what what could go wrong, Ethan? What could go wrong with these? Nothing. I, nothing. Okay, so to finish off here, we got to talk about what happened today. So St. Louis announced the name and unveiled their logo and branding for the new MLS expansion team. It's going to be called St. Louis City F or St. Louis City SC. Um, I like the SC when it comes to American soccer teams. Yeah. I don't like FC when, when we're talking about American teams because we don't call it football here. We have football. It's the game that is played every fall on Sundays. With, with your hands. With primarily. big guys and pads. You can, you, can, you can hold the ball. You can pick up the ball. Throw the ball. With your hands. That's with your hands. Big yes. distinction right there. Yes. So we already have that here in America, and we call soccer soccer. Literally, so sh- I think I feel like every team who has an FC in their name needs to change it to SC, and they'll auto- I'll automatically like them ten times better when they do that. So I do like the SC. I like the crest. People are doing like those like circular crests now, and those are like a dime a dozen. I, I'm I'm sick of seeing those. Charlotte did that, and I was like, how original. Uh, they also pulled like a like a like a stock photo of a crown and stuck it in the middle of their crest too and and, and called it good so that was that yeah was, that, that was i'm pretty sure i've seen the same crown and i'm like making the graphic for us i think i've seen yeah that exactly I, I go to like canva and i can find that crown and it's, it's like, not oh. even i don't have to pay for that it's in the free version i can yeah like, oh. <laughs> or like no. yeah like oh you got a 99 cent crown nice 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 <laughs> Not even 99 cents, man. <laughs> but, uh, but the crest looks nice for St. Louis City. Uh, it has the arch in there. And I think there, there's like another little thing. I think it's the Ferris wheel, but I'm not sure. But anyways, uh, it's, it's not the circular crest. It kind of has its own shape, which I like. The problem is the way the color scheme and the, 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 the font that they used for their branding I, I put I put this on my Twitter at Jeremy G Rushing on Twitter. I think I retweeted it from the 10K account. It's exactly 
like what Minneapolis City did with Futures. It's the same font. It's the same style. It's the same color scheme. Like, it is scary how similar it is. But I know this is, like, a pretty played-out meme, and, like, I'm sure we've all read it on Twitter Spider-Man right one. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't even going there. That's actually a lot funnier than what I'm about to say. Um, so le- thanks for that. Um, but no, I was gonna say it's like the you know like when you uh, when you do your homework and you ask your friend like, hey, can I have the uh, have the homework? And they're like, yeah, here you go. Just just <laughs> copy and change it a little bit. Um, so the teacher doesn't know. That's I feel like that's what we got with this. Yeah, that's basically like yeah. Uh, so I'm a. Uh... You know, I'm, I'm not, I, I can't say I never, you know, spark noted an assignment in high school or, you know, maybe <laughs> use the idea from somebody who wrote a paper on a similar topic in a previous semester, you know, something like that. But, you know, I was also in high school. Like, we're talking about professional soccer teams here who pay people a lot of money to come up with this stuff. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, I'm never, I'm not, I'm not here to say that, you know, the teacher at one, like, assigned me at one point to read chapters three through seven of To Kill a Mockingbird. And I instead went on, um, you know, Spark Notes and just read the summary. I didn't, like, I'm not saying I did that hypothetically, you know, and just, no, you know, filled out the worksheet. That's not, that's not something you do. No, like. It doesn't sound like you at all. Of course I didn't do that. And, and you know, if me, can, if I can have that level of integrity, you know, to my education, yeah. the least that uh, St. Paul can do, or St. Paul, St. Louis can do is have that level of integrity to St. Paul, Agreed. Or, sorry, the futures. Agreed. I Disgusting. Think, I think we should all hold ourselves to the Ethan Brand standard. And, and, you may, and you may have heard that example and been like, wow, Ethan, that was oddly specific. That was like almost too specific. <laughs> And I'm just gonna tell you, don't focus on the details. I came up came up with that on the top of my head. This, maybe this maybe that's now. another segment, the Ethan Brandt standard, and we just you just talk about, you know, what a great person. How I am. how you hold yourself in such high regard, and how we should all do the same, and discuss specific instances in which that you held yourself in that in that highest of regard, and really and, inspire us to be better people. And some and like the one I just listed, that was all hypothetical. I never did that. And, uh, and all my other ones of me being a high standard human being, those will also, uh, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of too lost in this now. I'm <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore, but all basically right. high standard human being. There we go. The high standard human being himself, Ethan Brandt, 10K intern slash digital media specialist. Um, Ethan, I always appreciate you taking the time to jump on the pod. Of course, I more than appreciate all the work you do behind the scenes for 10K too. Uh, you, I'm a very forgetful person. I'm a very, uh, sometimes, you know, with the kids and stuff, I'm a little bit out of it when it comes to the pod, but you're always there to pick up the slack and keep me on track. So I really do appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, don't tell yourself short. It, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, I enjoy everything, you know, from making the graphics and then obviously, Getting here on the pod, it's a ton of fun. And just, you know, uh, talking about soccer, you know, nothing better. It's fun. It's fun. All right, Ethan. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one, all right? Yep, thank you. You too. All right, interview time with Med City FC General Manager Frank Spath. Let's go. All right, now I am welcomed in by Med City FC General Manager Frank Spath. Med City's in the NPSL. They play down in Rochester. 
And uh, Frank, uh, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show this week. Well, thanks a lot for having me, Jeremy. Really looking forward to talking with you here today. Yeah, uh, you know, I kind of wish it was under better circumstances. A lot of what we discuss today will be about Alexander A.J. Jarvis and his battle with severe aplastic anemia, which is a life-threatening illness. And there is a GoFundMe up for that right now. And we will get into that, you know, uh, as we move forward in the interview. But, but Frank, before we get to that, um, I want to talk about you and, and Med City FC as a whole to, to start off with. Um, you know, your, your bio on the, on the website just says that you generally manage. Uh, <laughs> and the joke is that you don't have a bio. So for those who don't know, kind of talk about your background a little bit um, in soccer and how you got to founding this club in 2017. Sure. Um, I've been playing soccer since I was young. Uh, grew up mostly in Colorado, a little bit in Utah. Played from the time I was probably six or so. Uh, played collegiately up at Concordia in St. Paul back when they were NAIA and they had a men's program. Uh, played quite a bit in the MASL, probably for another, I don't know, 10 years plus in the MASL after I got done with college. Um, I really got involved at a different level about 15 years ago. We had, uh, my family had moved to Idaho for a few years. I'd gotten a job working out at the Museum of Natural History out in Idaho. And, uh, and I got a chance to come back here and run, um, at the time, what was Rochester Youth Soccer Association. So I, uh, I, I was their executive director for about four years, got really kind of re-involved with soccer at a, at a deeper level. Um, you know, part of my time there also was being involved. There was a, a actually a well, what would now be USL two uh, team here for a couple years uh, called the the Rochester Thunder, mm -hmm. and and I helped with that uh, kind of along with my my duties with the Youth Soccer Association. So um, I had been involved with that and seen what what that could be, and then you know fast forward about you know seven eight years, uh, a couple of friends of mine. Um, asked me, you know, if I'd meet them for lunch. This is about, you know, the week before Thanksgiving 2016. They said they had an idea they wanted to run by me, wanted to see what I thought. Uh, and, and they talked about creating this, you know, minor league team here in Rochester. And, uh, and at first I, was, I wasn't 100% sold on the idea, but then, you know, a few other things fell into place. And, and uh, suddenly, you know, the opportunity to play in the NPSL and, and have a conference that was that was really legit and yet not too far spread out was was really appealing and so you know after thinking about it for a couple of weeks I said hey yeah why not so in middle of December I said let's go for it and I think it was the day before Christmas 2016 they officially announced us as a team um, wow. and you know from there it was just crazy it was you know Found our first head coach in January, had our first tryouts in February, second round of tryouts in March, and we were playing by May. So it was, uh, it was a really, really quick, <laughs> yeah, really quick, uh, quickly developing team. And, uh, and we've just, you know, we haven't stopped since then. So it's been, it's been great. You know, we've, we've been able to put together a, a really competitive team on the field. Um, you, you know, we feel like we run a pretty professional organization off the field. Uh, we do a lot of stuff in the community. Um, you know, we've had a lot of success on the field and, and uh, looking forward to, uh, we were looking forward to this being our fourth season, but obviously COVID-19 along with everybody else threw that all out the yeah. window. Um, you know, so we're looking forward to kind of 2021 and, uh, and, you know, and, and getting at it again. You know, one of the, one of the biggest disappointments I think was, you know, we had qualified for the U.S. Open Cup for this year yep. for the time and then mm -hmm. stuff we didn't you know we didn't get to play in it because yeah. 
they haven't done anything with that tournament yet either. And the, the word is they're going to try to do something, but it's probably not going to involve as many teams. It's going to be a lot shorter. So I'm really hopeful that we'll still get that chance to, to participate in that tournament in 2021. But, but in any case, we'll be back on the field ready to go by, by May of next year. So what are you guys doing kind of organizationally right now? I mean, obviously nothing's really going on as far as on-field competition, but are you guys still, you know, staying in touch with, with the front office and the players? Are, are you guys having training sessions? You know, how's that going right now? We haven't been able to do any real training sessions. You know, our team really is made up of guys from all over the country. You know, they go to school all over the country, but they're really from all over the world. You know, I think every year we've had 11 or 12 different countries um, represented on, wow. on our roster. So, you know, typically we haven't had more than maybe five or six guys at the most that are from the area. Okay. But um, so we haven't been able to do very much. And then, you know, with, with everything being so locked down for such a long period of time, we haven't been able to do a lot of like actual stuff, but we've mm -hmm. done some, some digital things. We've run a few, um, we've done a few esports. you know, we did some FIFA 20 soccer tournaments earlier okay. yep. to get, you know, get fans um, engaged and, and, and actually, uh, you know, generate some new fans. So that was good. We're, uh, we've been working on some videos that we're going to do some, you know, typically the last few years we've done uh, a soccer camp for youth in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously that's another one of those things that without, without having our players here, without having the ability to, to get groups of, of, of youth together, that's another thing that, that we weren't able to do this year. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of trying to create sort of a, a med city, um, digital soccer camp. Okay. So there's a videos that we can share that, you know, give, give kids a, a chance to, to work with us, even though they can't necessarily do it directly on the field. So yeah. that's a few of the things we're working on. Otherwise, um, we're really trying to focus now on 2021. Um, you know, this, in some respects, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because we never, we've never had like an entire year to prepare for a season, you know, mm -hmm. because by the time we get done with the previous one, it's already, you know, end of July, early August, take a couple of weeks to kind of regroup and catch our breath before we get going. So typically we only maybe have eight months to try to get stuff put together. So we're really trying to focus on being able to use this time wisely, um, working on trying to tie in our, our sponsors, that are, you know, our major sponsors from this year, trying to get them on board for 2021 as, as early as we can so that we can kind of focus on, on broadening our, our sponsor base, our partners. So that's the stuff we've been working on. Speaking of sponsors, I see you got the Stimulus Athletic shirt on. Uh, they're, they're one of our sponsors here on the podcast. So I appreciate oh, nice. you indirectly representing them. That's awesome. Yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> we used them two seasons ago. We used okay. them. Nice. That, yeah, yeah they, I, really, I really liked their stuff. It was, it was yeah. good. Um, yeah. it, it was just for us, it was a case of as we got more players, we needed to maybe find a way to, you know, we're always looking for ways to, to, to trim expenses a little oh, of bit. Of course, of course. You I know, understand. We, so we had to, you know, we had to, had to go a different direction uh, last year. But, uh, but yeah, we, you know, enjoyed working with them. And, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to do that again in the future. Uh, circling back to talking about like the FIFA tournaments and the esports stuff that you guys have, have put on, esports in itself was kind of a booming industry even before the pandemic. But now with everybody being at home, it's really skyrocketed that industry and that space as a whole. When did you guys have the idea to kind of start this, this FIFA thing, this esports thing, and how did it go in comparison to maybe your initial expectations? Yeah, we, um, you know, really it was one of the, the ideas that we, that we, came upon you know as soon as we knew we weren't going to have a season 
we knew we still had to find ways to connect with our fan base. We, we wanted to find ways to, to stay relevant in the community. Um, and, and so we just, you know, we just brainstormed the list of, well, what are some pot potential things we could do from a digital perspective mm -hmm. um, that would, you know, keep those, keep those fans engaged and keep the, keep everybody paying attention to us. So, to speak. Yep, so um, you know, so that the esports was one of the, the ways we did that. The, the, the soccer camp, the digital soccer camp idea is another one. Um, we're also working on a couple of interview series, talking with past players, coaches, staff, um, some awesome. players, coaches, staff, just to kind of get, get an idea of, you know, try to give people a more, all-encompassing idea of really what Med City FC is about and, and, you know, what we provide for everybody involved, whether it's the players that are getting a, a chance to play some great high-level soccer during the summer, whether it's the fans that are able to, you know, be right here in our, in our own city and, and watch a team right in their own backyard, um, whether it's the partners that we work with, the community where we have players go out and, and do community service, just try to give, you know, try to share the story of everything that we're, that we're providing for the community. Yeah, I think that'll be fun to see kind of what you guys put out there and, and the content that goes out. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, we've been, we've been hopefully getting it out sooner. It's just, you know, we've, we've run into a few snags. And, and obviously, as, as COVID-19, as the situation continues to change, we have to kind of pivot at times. and, and Ever-evolving new way to, to, to make the plan work. So ever evolving. I think everybody's kind of pivoting right now. So I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, um, definitely. Transitioning now to, to the not so fun conversation, but I think the very important topic, your goalkeeper, Alexander AJ Jarvis, recently diagnosed with severe aplastic anemia. There is a GoFundMe fundraiser for that right now. You can find that on all our socials at 10K Pitches. Also follow at MedCityFC on Twitter for all that information as well. Uh, but this severe aplastic anemia, it, it's, it's a life-threatening illness where basically, from what I read, his body's basically attacking his own blood because it's mistaking it as an infection. Is that kind of an accurate layman's term way to depict what's going on? Yeah, basically, um, you know, the way he explained it to me is, um, is basically there's something happening with the T cells in his body that, that they're reacting to something that's, that's happening inside him. And, and basically what that's done is, is shut down the bone marrow um, mm -hmm. in his body functioning. So, you know, so they found out that his body's not, you know, he's not creating his own red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, hemoglobin, any of that. And so, um, you know, it was really interesting because he was telling me when he went in, you know, once they found out what he had, the, the medical professionals were like, we, we can't believe that you're, that you're even conscious, let alone yeah. that you to bring yourself into the doctor to, to, you know, to see us about this situation. Mm -hmm. so, and, you know, and it is, I mean, it, it's definitely life-threatening. Um, you know, AJ's got some things working in his favor. He's young, he's athletic, he, you know, he's in good shape. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, they're still, you know, they're still giving him an 80% chance of, of this working. So, okay. you know, I, he's, he's really upbeat about it. But, you know, there is certainly that, I mean, there's still that, you know, chance that, that it's not going to work out. And, yeah, of course. you know, if, if this course of treatment that he's doing now doesn't work out, they're going to have to look at a, a bone marrow transplant. Oh, wow. But, but they haven't found anybody that's a match for him at this point, like in his family. And so then mm -hmm. that, my understanding is that that raises the, the chance of that not being successful. Yeah. So they've decided on, on a, a more medicinal course of action at this point. But, uh, but yeah, I, I found out like probably three weeks ago. And, and when I found out the next week he was in the hospital um, for four days getting, getting wow. treatment. And, and he's in there a couple times a week now getting this, this treatment that, that he's, 
he's kind of explained it to me. It's not, it's not chemo, but it's very similar in, in some of the, and in the way that they, you know, that, that they give it to him. Um, you know, he's got a pick line right now. So everything is intravenous and, and he's getting blood transfusions in the meantime. Um, but they're hopeful. Um, they're hopeful that, that the, the treatment that he's doing right now, they're really hopeful that, uh, that they're going to start seeing some, some positive signs within three months. And, you know, ideally, you know, the hope is if everything's working right, as far as the treatment goes, that, that he could, um, he could kind of be back to normal, so to speak by, you know, about six months from now. So I know he's told me that he, uh, his goal is to be healthy enough and in shape enough to come back and play for us in 2021. So we're all holding out hope for well, from what I read in the GoFundMe article, he seems to be that kind of hard worker that if anybody can make it happen, it's him. Like he was working out twice a day in addition to practicing before all this happened. And he seems like one of those guys who really, uh, he really likes to, to work hard in the gym and both on the pitch to kind of make, make that happen. Yeah, he's definitely a, a very competitive guy. And so, you know, I think he's looking at this as just, you know, just another competition. You know, the, this, uh, the, this, uh, the severe aplastic anemia is really just, a, you know, another opponent that he's got to overcome. Yeah. So. Like I say, he's had, he's got a great attitude about it. You know, he's, it's certainly, you know, it, it's just par for the course, I think in 2020, you know, yeah. there, he was looking forward to so many things like so many of us were, mm-hmm. and then, but for him was his last year of soccer, you know, collegiate soccer and getting married and graduating and so mm-hmm. many things that have all just kind of been, been thrown up in the air. And, and so, you know, it's just another one of these things that just kind of is piling on for him. Absolutely. Uh, but, um, yeah. He's been, he's been great. I mean, his attitude is great. And, you know, awesome. I, I fully expect him to beat this. Good, good. Um, from, a, from a hospital standpoint, is he there continuous, continuously? Or is he able to come and go for his treatments? So now he's able to come and go. He was, okay. in, was inpatient for about that first week. But now he has to go in a couple times a week and get stuff done. But otherwise, um, you know, it's – and, again, the COVID-19 situation makes it a little tricky yeah. just because, you know – this treatment has him immunocompromised. And so Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's just one more layer of, of intricacy, I guess, to the situation, you know, right now, he's got to be very wary of where he goes because, you know, if, if he were to, to get COVID-19, I mean, it could be all over for him. So, Um, you know, so there's that piece that he's got to be a lot more cautious, but, but yeah, like I say, I mean, considering everything he's, you know, he's really upbeat. And, and when we talked, you know, that, I, my first thought was, well, what, how can we help? And, you know, he and I kind of talked about it. We're like, well, you know, I'm like, well, what if, what if Med City FC, what if we set up a, a GoFundMe page and tried to raise some money to, to help cover these expenses? Cause he was saying, you know, that the, the overall, the treatment is, is going to be something like seven or $800,000. And yeah, of course, and, you know, and, and his insurance is covering a, a really good chunk of it, but there's still going to be, you know, plenty, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to, for them to have to come up with. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just, well, if we can find some way to, to help alleviate some of that financial pressure when he's got all these other things going on, then, you know, that's, that's what we do because he's part of the family. So, you know, we want to make sure that, that, that we're taking care of him, whether he's here or not. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're listening over the weekend, this podcast came out uh, or this interview, I guess, happened uh, Thursday afternoon. And at the time of this recording, we're at just about $7,800 for the GoFundMe, which is about $200 away from that eight grand goal. We talked about kind of how much these, uh, these visits and these expenses are going to be for, for him and his family. I mean, I, I just had a daughter last year and the bill that we got after, 
after we got back from the hospital, I was like, I had to like triple take at it. So I can only imagine kind of what they're looking at in terms of these costs. So as far as the $8,000 go, I mean, do we know how much financial relief that's really going to going to give them in terms of the overall big picture? I, I don't think we know exactly at this point, just because, you know, some of it's going to depend on, on how, how he responds to the treatment, you know, best case scenario, everything goes as planned, but mm-hmm. if there's any hiccups, then obviously that could add to, that could add to the overall financial, you know, impact for him mm-hmm. and his family. Um, and then and there's also, if, if for some reason it doesn't work, then there's going to be a whole second level of, of, attempt to, to help him get better. And so I don't think we know exactly how much at this point, you know, so that's where it's great. If we can, if we can raise the $8,000, that's awesome. If we can raise more, that's even better. You know, we just, you got to pick kind of a, a figure and we wanted to pick something that, that we felt was, was attainable. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously if we can raise more money through this, that's great. And uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's the, you know, I, I, I think that, um, that AJ's college is, is trying to do some things too, to, to help promote, you know, his need. And so we're certainly not the only ones that are, that are trying to help raise some funds for him. But, um, but I think it's going to, it's going to make a difference. You know, if it's, if it's 8,000, if it's 10,000, it's, it, you know, every dollar is going to make a difference. It seems like you're in pretty constant contact with him. And you mentioned he's in pretty high spirits. Um, You know, when you guys talk, is is it strictly about what's going on? Or, I mean, is he a big soccer fan? What's he, uh, you know, what's he like in those conversations right now? Yeah, we talk, you know, a lot of our talk has been around how it's going, how his treatment is going. But uh, we certainly talk about about soccer, about what's going on. Um, He's been able to go out a couple of times and watch, you know, he should be practicing right now with his team. Of course. He plays out at Bellevue University. And, uh, and actually, we have a, a, a couple of other of their players played for Med City FC the last couple of years. So, okay. and, and, and it's funny because actually the head coach there played for the Rochester Thunder team, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. So we've got a lot of connections with the, with the soccer team down there. So a lot of us just kind of, you know, how are you doing? But at the same time, hey, how, you know, how are, uh, how are Andy and Finn doing? And then, yeah. you know, how, what's Mark up to? And what's practice looking like? So, you know, and then I think too, just kind of, you know, they've got some other things with, with the wedding plans and with both of them, you know, planning mm-hmm. on starting their master's degrees, you know, coming up here. Um, yep. So just asking, you know, some of that, that general, those general questions. And, okay. And, and his, his future mother-in-law has had some, some health issues as well. Um, and so some of the conversation is around, you know, how she's doing with, with some of the things that she's been, been dealing with for the last couple of years as well. So, um, so we, yeah, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Again, uh, the GoFundMe link is up on all of our socials at 10K Pitches. It's up on Med City FC's Twitter account. Um, you know, you'll be able to find it if you look up one of us uh, to go help contribute to that. And again, less than $200 away from that $8,000 goal at the time of this recording on, on Thursday afternoon, which is amazing. Excellent work putting that together, Frank. I, I you know, I, I applaud you. That that's that's amazing work there. Hey, thanks. It was, um, you know, I, I was really amazed. I think AJ was too, as you know, he was pretty humbled at the fact that I think within probably the first two days we had, had you know, we raised over $5,000. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's like, and we were like, when we were talking about the whole idea, we, you know, we had no idea what to expect, but it's been really, it's been really cool to see, you know, obviously there's a lot of people, a lot of names I don't know, probably friends of AJ's from, you know, back, back home in England and, and some of his college friends and former college teammates and whatever. But, but it's fun to go through the list and see, you know, not just some of our own fans and staff that have, that have donated, but, but to see names of some of our, some of our rivals in the conference, yeah. you know, 
I recognize players and staff and fans from, you know, Minneapolis City SC and Duluth and, you know, Twin Stars and some of the, you know, some of the teams in our, in our NPSL conference, you know, and it's, it's just a reminder that, you know, even though maybe on the field we're bitter rivals and, you know, and we're out for blood, so to speak, and we want to win every game we play, you know, off the field, we're all trying to do the same thing, you yeah. know, and we're trying to be successful with what we're doing and, you know, and if one of us isn't successful, that, you know, that negatively impacts everybody in the conference. So, of course it's been great to see see that support from from some people that you know maybe maybe you wouldn't necessarily think that they would they'd be willing to help out but to see that you know see everybody come together around around his needs and you know he was saying that um I was I talked to him yesterday and he was saying you know he had read read a comment from somebody that was a player from one of the other teams and he's like well I don't even know who this guy is but he had all these great things to say about me and Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was really, like I say, really humbling and really, really touching for him, you know, yeah. on the money piece, just that, that there's a lot of people that are, that are certainly wishing him well and, and definitely get, get healthy. So yeah, that, that's awesome to see. I, I was kind of scrolling through some of the comments and, and stuff like that on the GoFundMe page too. And I was just kind of, again, like you were blown away by, by, by the kind words. And, you know, I've obviously never met or talked to Alex, but he seems like, or AJ, but he seems like a really, really good guy. And, um, you know, hopefully he can, hopefully he can pull through this and get back on the field like he wants to in 2021. That's, that's a yeah. lofty goal, but he seems like a guy who can achieve those things. Yeah, I think he can do it. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, to having him back. You know, he was, he was here for, he was here in, uh, in 2018 and 2019. He was going to be coming back for 2020 and then everything happened. So, you know, it'd be great, you know, really great if we could get him back here again. And, uh, and the fans would get a chance to, you know, congratulate him on beating this. Uh, yeah, this- that, that would be a really cool moment. Uh, for, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. So again, if you check out the GoFundMe and it's not at that $8,000 goal, please, please, please consider donating and get us over that, over that hump there, over that hill so we can uh, get AJ, the, the, obviously, the, the help he needs and the financial relief that he needs, uh, you know, provide a little bit of relief in an otherwise uh, pretty, pretty stressful and, and uh, concerning situation there. But again, all the best to him and his family uh, as, far as, as far as that goes moving forward. I want to transition to kind of Med City FC again and, and what you guys plan on doing. You had mentioned 2021 a couple times as kind of the bullet point on the calendar, so to speak, as, you know, kind of when things are going to get back rolling. Um, when did you guys make that decision to kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, punt your on-field competition um, aspirations to 2021 instead of maybe trying to do something this fall? Pretty, pretty immediately after, you know, after the NPSL decided that they were canceling all of our league games. Um, it didn't take us long to, to decide that we were going to just kind of pull the plug on everything. And, and the reason for that was we rely on so many guys that aren't from here, you know, and we have guys that are, like I say, they're from all over the world. Every year we've had 11, 12 different countries. We've had players from, you know, from South America, Central America, Europe, Africa. Um, and a lot of those guys, once we told them we weren't having a season, they left, they went home. So we, you know, for I suppose for a few weeks we had kind of kicked around if if there was a chance to play maybe in July, maybe trying to get a team together. But but we've put a a really good team on the field the last few years, and and we just decided at one point that that we didn't want to have a maybe a lower quality team on the field. Mm. I think we've kind yeah. of we've kind of put this expectation in our in our fans' minds that this is the level of soccer we play. And we didn't want to do anything to jeopardize that. You know, I mean, if we played two or three games and we had a subpar team, 
for in our eyes or you know a team that maybe wasn't as as good as as what we strive for then you know we felt like it, there's a chance it could have it could hurt us long term and so yeah. you know we decided that we would forego that that short term opportunity to maybe play a few games and instead you know focus on well what can we do what can we do to continue building and growing what we've done the last three seasons. And so that's kind of when we made that decision, you know, it's, we're just going to give ourselves a full, a full year and even a year plus really to be able to, to start really focusing on how do we continue to grow? How do we continue to, to, to generate more, you know, more revenue, get more fans in the stands? Um, what more can we do in the community to continue mm -hmm. a big part of, you know, Obviously, we've we've got a good a good foothold in the soccer community, especially you know the youth piece. We've got some great um, some great partnerships with a lot of the youth clubs in the area. But you know, so now it's like, well, but what, what fan bases or what potential soccer fans are we not reaching? And so yep. those are some of the ways that we're trying to figure out how to how to tap into maybe some little bit different markets and and get a few more people into the games. You know, we've, we've been really fortunate, you know, we've had some, some really great crowds, you know, I'd say over the last three years, we've probably averaged, you know, somewhere around 400 fans a game. Wow. That's, you know, and that's including, you know, the last couple of seasons we've had some really poor weather. Mm -hmm. and, and so even I, I think about, we had a game against Dakota fusion um, and it rained. We had a rain delay for about two and a half hours and we still had almost a hundred people stick it out wow. and, the game when it did get going so That's we got awesome. fans and you know but we want to we want to be able to start bringing in more 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 of the casual fans and you know so we're, we're working on some ideas for ways that the soccer product is good but we want to continue to build around the game itself and come you know and and create some ways to to get people interested in 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 more than just the game but in in the whole atmosphere and the whole environment you know and and so, you know, we're working on trying to come up with some 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 sort of pregame fan zone where there's some games and there's some interaction and there's some stuff that people mm -hmm. can do before the game and you know, trying to find more ways in the game to 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 have some stuff going on. So um certainly a lot of a lot of areas that we know we can continue to improve on. And so that's really what our focus is, is you know, just trying to trying to add more value to what we're doing. I think when you look at, you know, any potential, you know, silver lining, so to speak, from from this time off, it, you know, I, when I speak to a lot of other teams, it's kind of that same thing. The main goal is to try to tap into as many markets as possible in terms of bringing in uh, people to your games, but also, you know, short and long term supporters of your of your clubs as well. So that that's cool that you guys are you guys are kind of taking this time to really look at all of your options there. And I, like I said before, I really look forward to seeing what you guys what you guys do because uh, you guys have a well run operation, you know, so far. So I look forward to see how you guys expand that in twenty twenty one. Yeah, we're excited. We, uh, well, I think you know, I think there's going to be some some fun fun new things we're going to be able to implement. And certainly that's you know that finding you know finding um, sponsors and partners that that are willing to come on board and help us to 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 continue to create that experience that's you know that's really what we're working on now and once we have some you know more funds then then we we can put more things in place and so that's uh that's really what our focus is on now is like i say continuing to grow and and continuing to, to just take this team to to newer and higher places so that's uh and and hopefully like i say hopefully u.s open cup 2021 be great to get a chance to play in that right <laughs> keeping my fingers crossed for you frank i'm keeping my fingers yeah crossed. definitely it's uh, because we were looking forward. We were supposed to play Des Moines Menace, and then uh, oh man, that'd have been fun. 
Yeah, and then if we could have gotten by them, um, second round, we were set to play um, the new USL1 team that was supposed to start this year in Omaha. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and the way they had changed the tournament, if, if we had managed to get through those couple games, there's a chance that by round three, we could have already been playing an MLS team. That's you know, crazy. They've been playing it, you know, up in, up in St. Paul against yeah. Minnesota. Or That'd maybe be crazy. KC or Chicago Fire, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so we were looking forward to the, you know the all the possibilities that that would bring. But uh, but yeah, so hopefully we'll get a shot next year. Well, best of luck in that regard. Frank Spath, as his bio on MedCityFC.com says, he generally manages uh, <laughs> the. Uh, and that's, and that's, that's never been truer than this year, Jeremy. <laughs> Just trying to manage to get through all this. <laughs> At MedCityFC on all the socials, MedCityFC.com, uh, the NPSL club down in Rochester doing some great things. And hopefully we can see, uh, you know, everything they come up with on and off the field in 2021. Frank, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Send AJ my, my uh, you know, highest regards. And hopefully he can pull through this. And again, if you're looking to donate and contribute that GoFundMe, the link is everywhere. If you just look at 10,000 pitches or, or MedCityFC. Uh, but Frank, again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today, man. Hey, thank you, Jeremy. It's been really fun talking to you. Hopefully we can do it again. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon.